Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You were meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello to all our beautiful friends around the world, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I am Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show, of course, is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Today, let's find out what growing up is like for souls. We'll talk about learning to manage being here. For this season, we've been exploring on our show the various phases of our life here on Earth, but not but seen more from the soul's perspective, not from the body's perspective. <clears throat> we felt that this was an important and valuable topic since so many people in the world continue to view their lives from the perspective of being a body. It's easy, after all, for people to get so wrapped up in the challenges of daily life and even of global situations that it becomes like getting so immersed in a movie or a video game that they forget who they are or what they're here for. The movie or the video game becomes their life at least for a while. Being incarnated in a body here in this world is quite a bit like that, wouldn't you say? It's easy to forget who we are and what we planned on prior to our incarnation in all the excitement, the challenges, and even the drudgery of what happens in our lives. But our process of awakening requires us to remember that our lives are far greater than what appears to be in the physical world alone. Yes, we each do have to take good care of our physical body, for starters, so that we can have it well enough and long enough to accomplish and fulfill what we've incarnated for. After all, we are not some body incarnating in another body. We are spirit incarnating into a body. But once we get the hang of taking care of our physical vehicles, we must put more of our awareness toward our spiritual growth and fulfillment. Those of you listening to this show are attracted to this show for this very reason, in fact. In a way, our life here in this world is like playing a complex video game. And we need to learn how to play it well if we are to reach our destination. But at the same time, we mustn't forget that we are the video game operators and creators and not the characters in the game. Just like the video game, the characters and situations are vehicles through which we, as souls, get to learn our lessons and fulfill our purpose. Childhood is a challenging time for most of us, even in the best of circumstances. Early on in our childhood, We still generally are in touch with our spiritual nature, at least intuitively. 
We know that we came from quite a different space or experience before ending up in our physical bodies. Some of us retain longer consciousness of where that was and what kind of experience we had there prior to entering our bodies and into this world. Once we enter into our bodies around the time of our births, things get more challenging. We need to learn to manage this new body that is constantly changing and growing. We need to learn to relate to those around us and communicate in some way with everyone, even just to have our needs met. In all of the intensity of acclimating to our new environment and experience of incarnating, we can easily forget that we are spirit, that we arrived here from a vastly different space and consciousness, and that we are here to learn certain lessons, to complete certain karmic cycles, and to awaken ourselves more fully to who we are in and as spirit. Early on in most of our lives, survival on various levels begins to take precedence over our spiritual awareness and development. A few of us may retain much more of our awareness during our childhood growing up process, and some of us learn to recall our experiences as incarnate souls later on in our lives. It's like gradually waking up from temporary amnesia and starting to recollect our earlier experiences as souls, bit by bit. Michael, you have more awareness and recall of being spirit and not the body when you were growing up in this lifetime. Would you share with our listeners some of your experiences during your childhood that made you aware that you were some kind of consciousness beyond the physical body and personality that you were? Um, I'm um, waking up from my amnesia. <laughs> uh, who am I? What am I here for? Are my shoes tied? <laughs> that's my line. Oh, what sign am I? <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. That's what we're supposed to start with. What sign am I? Oh, oh boy. A Scorpio, my birthday is next Sunday. Ah. Yes. I was, my sign probably is like, the stop uh, sign? Yeah. <laughs> Restaurant, open. <laughs> uh, yes, I was wondering, gee, what kind of, I haven't played, you know, a uh, uh, video game that you buy and play. <laughs> in years. In, in years, decades. We, we kind of burned out on that after I think about I, the first three years of that. I think I, I stopped at Space Invaders. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me too much of regular life. <laughs> Ding, ding. Yeah, well, from a very early age, I experienced being in different places. You know, not so much as in physical locations, but in different spaces of consciousness. I remember that. That's That was one of my connections to being aware, maintaining that awareness that, you know, I'm not this body. Because sometimes it felt like I wasn't here. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, quite often, actually. <laughs> and, and that I had this awareness that I was somewhere else. Well, my body's sitting here in this chair or this you know, desk at school or whatever. But my consciousness was elsewhere. 
But I didn't know exactly where that was a lot of the times. But then sometimes I'd experience that I was floating like two, three, ten feet above my body. And I was seeing things from that different place, different space, different perspective. And I'm looking down at the body and going, oh, yeah, there's, there's my body. <laughs> but I was aware of being above. And what I know of those two types of experiences was that in the former one where I felt like, gee, I'm not here. I'm somewhere else. I was more aware as a body and having a sense that I was not present in the body where, quote, I was. And in the latter, I was much more aware as spirit from beyond the body and not aware of what experience may have been going on within the body. It wasn't like I was the intensity of feeling or whatever's going on in the physical body was at the front of my consciousness. What the front of my consciousness was like is, oh, I'm floating up here. It's very spacious, airy, and there's no pain. There's no difficulty. There's no effort. Huh. And there's no physical type sensations. Okay. So it all depends. Sometimes I was more aware being a little more like a body that's going, where am I? Where did I go? I'm not here. And other times, oh, this is where I am, and that's where the body is down there. Gee, I wonder what's going on with the body. <laughs> oh. I always knew that there was more to my life than just whatever was happening in and around my body. That's That's been there pretty much my whole life. I seemed to be coming back into my body from somewhere else, or I was leaving my body to be somewhere else quite often. I'm not exactly sure when it was that I started to become more aware of where exactly I went and what I did when I went to, say, sleep at night. I recall a few instances when I was in second or third grade, so about seven or eight years old. I've talked about it on previous shows about my astral surgeons, surgeons growing up while I slept that progressed from early, early on, tending to people at a scene of an individual accident, to larger natural disasters with groups of people, to finally teaching other souls as when I was in my early 20s. About 21 is when I start to recognize, oh, instead of going to natural disasters all the time or accidents, I was going to teach a class every night. And I haven't stopped since then. And that experience, it's, it's really interesting how it, it's mirrored in the physical life. Earlier on, I thought it was being mirrored in my astral spiritual life, out-of-the-body life, where as I grew up here, I became more 
aware, more understanding, more uh, capable in my astral sojourns. But when I reflect upon it, it may have been really the opposite. Where I was in spirit on the astral, I would reflect it here on earth. So when I'm getting my feet wet, so to speak, being incarnated in a, in a little body, in a child's baby body and in a child's body and the whole bit growing up, I can do my interest, my attention was on certain things. And as I developed more and more that capability and became more and more fully present here in the body on earth, then it freed me up to do much more of what I'm here to do in this incarnational period, even out of my body. So one of the things I've always known is I was here to communicate. And ever since I could remember, which I, I do have not continuous full memory, but I do have little moments of memories all the way back, well, even from before birth, but even as an infant. And the main thing that I'm aware of in all my memory is, oh, communicating. Always trying to communicate with people. But I didn't do so well <laughs> with most, most people early on. Some of what I experienced challenging, pretty much challenging in, in my childhood as a soul was trying to establish spirit-to-spirit -spirit communication with others. And many people didn't listen to small children very well. Of course, I didn't really understand that at that time. But even those who did listen to me often couldn't hear what I was saying that I didn't have the needed life experience and wisdom at that point to know how to establish the kind of spiritual communication with people I was hoping for. That even when I did establish communication with some people, most seemed to not have a clue as to what I was trying to say. From the time I was 8 or 10, I was interested in helping people feel better. I remember that's about the time when, when at the forefront of my awareness was what I would now call healing. But in, as a, in the child kind of a way, I, I thought of it as I wanted to help make people feel better. And I was excited about discovering, uh, I'm, I probably talked about this a couple times in, in previous shows, but discovering in Japan, they had these blind people who were called Amma-san. And Amma-san was a massage healer in Japan, both men and women. And what they would do in our neighborhood, um, we were in the outskirts of Tokyo, and um, they would just buy twos, you know, a man, Amma-san, and, and a woman, Amma-san, would, would walk together as a pair down the streets in our neighborhood. And 
they would announce themselves by playing their bamboo flutes. So these healers would walk around our neighborhood uh, playing their bamboo flutes. And when you hear the flute music coming into your house, well, whenever my grandparents were visiting, they would give me a couple of coins to go fetch the healers when they when we heard their flute music. And at the time, they always traveled in pairs. And this was one of my favorite things to do when my grandparents were visiting. They almost always had me go fetch the healers when when they came around. And once I brought the healers uh, to our home, I would ask them if I can sit next to them to watch what they did. And I consider those sessions were my first lessons in healing. After the healers left our house, I would volunteer to continue working on my grandparents or offer a massage to my parents so I can practice what I learned from my observations. And I did it with my eyes closed to pretend I was blind and do it the way they did it. (laughs) Oh, well, we're coming to our first break already. And before our breaks, we like to give announcements. So I'd like to let you know about our next teleclass in our ongoing series, You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think, coming up Saturday, November 23rd from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time on your phone. Our upcoming teleclass specific title will be Your Sixth Chakra, Clairvoyance, Abstract Intuition, and Your Destiny. If you can't be on the phone in person at the time we're teaching the class, you can still sign up for the class and receive the raw MP3 audio download recording. All the past teleclass audio downloads are available as well, including the uh, fifth chakra, fourth chakra, third, first, etc., and many more. Just go to michaeltamura.com events calendar for November 23rd to get all the details. If you have any other questions about these classes or to sign up, you can also call our office at 530-926-2650 Monday to Friday, business hours specific time, and speak to our wonderful assistant, Noel, and she will help you right out. And if she doesn't answer, leave a message and she'll get right back to you. We will be right back in a couple of minutes, and when we come back, we will be speaking again about growing up for souls, learning to manage being here. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We hear just be you a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show. Hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
If you are looking to deepen your understanding of karma, the law of attraction, metaphysics, mindfulness, and intuition, be sure to tune in each week for You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind with host Catherine Potter. Catherine and her insightful guests will show how everything interconnects, explaining concepts and modalities that connect the mind and body. It's a refreshing look at the universe and the laws that govern it. Listen every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to Lead Up for Women. Speak up to Lead Up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your host, Colleen Biggs, speaks with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. We're glad to have you back with us for this episode on Growing Up for Souls, Learning to Manage Being Here. Well, just before the break, Michael was talking about the wonderful AMA healers. Is that is that what they're called? AMA? Yeah, AMA. AMA uh-huh. massage healers. And I've always found that to be fascinating. So I thought it would be interesting if you talked about, Michael, before we move on to our uh, main subject here, is how did that whole AMA healing start with the blind people in, in yes, uh, Japan? From what I understand... Um, there was a Japanese doctor in Japan during World War II. And obviously, during the war, um, everybody, man, woman, and child, was um, kind of required to to put their pitch work, in. pitch in, to the war effort. Yeah, I think your, your own mom made cannonballs, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, was, she was a teenager and... and was sent to a factory to to um, melt down all sorts of metals to reformat them into into little cannonball like things, munitions. <laughs> well, you know it's amazing what souls choose to set up for their lifetime to experience and learn from. We'll get into that more over the course of these these shows, but but we all do that. We all set up our lives to to uh, have certain kinds of experiences. But during the World War II, this doctor was going, you know, he's seeing a lot of the uh, his patients and, and he's going, there's all these uh, people who have certain kinds of physical disabilities and because of their disabilities, they're not, uh, they're not volunteering and they're not, being required to contribute to the war effort. And he thought, well, these people are, other than their 
certain kinds of disabilities, they're actually even healthier than a lot of other people. So he's looking at how can he help these people become more part of their society and more productive and, more productive and, and whatever. And so he realizes, oh, usually if a person has a certain kind of physical disability like blindness, they develop some other ability that far exceeds uh, the, the average person's abilities. So a blind person is much often much better at hearing and, and with touch. And he goes, okay. He decided to take blind people on, and he developed a school of massage healing because he knew that blind people were able to feel things a lot more and were so much more sensitive on that feeling touch level. And also, their hearing was more acute, so he decided to teach them to play the bamboo flute. So a lot of blind people went to his school and learned to become amma massage healers and play the flute. And that's how that whole tradition started. And I think some of that still is going on in Japan. I think that's very fascinating. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. So, so then when um, I would, the, the amma healers would leave our house and I'd try it out on my grandparents or sometimes my parents, when I start to do more of those massage healings, sometimes my hands would become so hot that they started to blister at times. Very, very painful, unco- you know, uncomfortable, the whole bit. And then, so I would have to stop. I could, you know, once my hands start to blister, I couldn't do any more massages. And I had to tend to my injuries until my hands would heal up. I think my parents took me to some doctors and stuff, and they tried all kinds of stuff. No one knew what was happening. I didn't realize what happened until I was well into my clairvoyant training as a 20-something that that was one of the many difficulties I encountered while growing up, that I couldn't get help. I couldn't get information. I couldn't get instructions and guidance from anyone until I was well into my adulthood. No one seemed to know anything, for example, about kundalini energy. And, um, of course, I didn't even know what that word meant until I was in my 20s. There were many things I couldn't get any help or information or guidance from when I was growing up all throughout. And these were all the things I considered most important. So that was one of the challenges of growing up more aware as a soul, more aware as a spiritual being. And so a lot of my mm, attention went to, okay, how do I, what, what do I do with this? What's going on? And of course, it would be not only uncomfortable, but sometimes scary when things happen and everybody's worried about you and they take you to doctors and give you shots and all kinds of things and nothing seems to work. So they were all about spiritual experiences 
that I didn't know at the time what they were. And to me, it was just normal. I'm doing my normal thing. I'm being myself. And yet, it produced what seems in society problems. And so, I think a lot of us go through that and many people never become aware that, wait a minute, they they might even live their whole lives thinking they have these problems and something's wrong with me. And uh, and everything from the most common of, uh, I don't fit in, you know, I'm not like everybody else, Uh, nobody understands me, all that stuff almost everybody goes through. Especially when they're teenagers. Yeah. We all went through that. And no matter, you know, what's going on, but underlying all of that, it seems that it has to do with being the spirit, the spiritual being, the soul that you are, and you're trying to find your way and not getting enough validation and any kind of real communication to deal with that. So that was, that was, you know, just one, one thing. Nobody knew about why my hands got so hot and it only happened when I was giving the massage healings. And it wasn't until I started my training and I worked with my teacher and, oh, okay, this is my healing energy coming through my hands. And I amped it up so high that it started to, and the kundalini would kick on and I was bringing in all kinds of past life information I had as you know, I was a healer in many, many, many lifetimes in many different ways. So when I decided as a kid in a very simple way, you know, children are extremely powerful because they keep things very simple. We tend to learn to complicate everything in in life as we grow up. But as children, it's just like, it's all imagination. And it's, okay, I would like this person to get well. Great. <laughs> you you pull in all kinds of information that you don't put together on a conscious intellectual level in your mind as a child because you don't have the words, you don't have the concepts, you don't have all uh, all those things. You just know, okay, this is what I know to do. And I'll put my hands on this person. I'll think about healing, whatever. And next thing, whatever you used to do in other lifetimes as a as an adult or even as an expert in it starts to happen but being a child you're not conscious that exactly what i'm doing i don't know the abc's of what i'm doing and so i don't know that oh yeah you know in this area i have to keep the speed limit to 35 miles per hour <laughs> and and i zoom through at 70 miles an hour and wonder why I get stopped and ticketed or something like that. So it's, it's very similar to what happens to us as children when we start to be more ourselves, have much more connection with spirit. And then we run into, in our society, we run into certain kinds of problems or even sometimes like with me in that particular example, you run into a physical body problem or what seems like. If your hands are blistering, that's a problem. It hurts. You know, you have to get it fixed. <laughs> but if people knew 
if if there was much more information on, oh, this is how you handle it. All you have to do is tune your healing energy down a little bit. You still can give a good healing, but you don't have to mess up your hands. Huh, great. So it's not something that would be handled by medication. It's not something that, you know, you have to do something about it in a physical way. No, it's a very simple inner shift that has to be done. And other things had to be do with uh, uh, me becoming aware of the different aspects of my soul and how my awareness would move around in my body. Yeah, uh, I struggled with that mm, later part of grade school and through junior high, I think, because at that point, I had no conscious knowledge of the chakras, energy centers in the body. Different, each energy center has a different range of consciousness that it, uh, what would you say, deals with, functions on. And I couldn't even begin to ask anyone about why what I experienced and saw is this silvery, pearl-like awareness little ball <laughs> of awareness would move up and down pretty much through the midline of inside my body. And depending on who I was with, what I was doing, you know, stay at a certain point for different reasons for different lengths of time. I don't know what was going on. I just was aware of it. It was how I was relating to various people. I happened to be tuned into or communicating with. And I finally, because I wanted to get some answers and I wanted some help, guidance, I wrote about it, about my experience and what I experienced, what I saw, what I was aware of in my seventh grade English class for an essay. Because it was the assignment was write an essay about something you experience. And great. So I did. <laughs> and I hoped that I would find out what it was all about. But my teacher, I got an A plus on my essay, and she wrote in red letters uh, in the in the uh, on my assignment that she gave back to me, say with a note of concern, saying, "Gee, Michael, I hope you really find out what this experience is about soon." <laughs> I think she was worried that that I was going to be depressed or something, or. Um, psychologically disturbed. Maybe I am. <laughs> no, I was. I was just psychically disturbed. <laughs> Probably about ten years later, I started to realize that what was happening was I was matching the energy and consciousness level of the person I was communicating with. If that person was centered in his or her fourth chakra in the middle of the chest. That's where I went in myself to communicate with them. If the person was in the second chakra, down below the belly button, that's where I went in myself to communicate with them. I noticed that I kept on going up and down all day depending on whom I was with. So it's real interesting, isn't it? And so I want to I wanna look at the... Okay, how do we how do we manage all this? 
Raphael, what kind of experiences do you recall from your growing up time that particularly stands out now looking back at it or stood out even back then for you when you were being aware of being spirit in some way, trying to relate with others from that space? Well, it was quite different from yours, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, which is I was raised in one of the big Christian religions, and of course, Jesus was a central figure uh, in my religious upbringing. I definitely had ideas about the teachings given to me at at the time I was growing up. I recall saying to my mother more than once that, quote, Jesus didn't teach that, or, quote, Jesus never said that, or... I'd tell her where the priest was off in his teachings. When asked by my mom, how do you know Jesus didn't teach or say this or that? I wouldn't answer her, so instead I just shrugged my shoulders. However, had I been brave enough to answer, I would have said I knew it because I was there. But even as a little kid, I had the wisdom to know I would not only be not believed, I would have been derided in some way, as always happened in those kinds of instances. I had already learned to keep my mouth shut on such matters by the time I was four or five years old. So I always had a full, fully conscious, I also had fully conscious out-of-body experiences like Michael did, but mine mostly occurred when I was either just falling asleep or just waking up in the morning. And later on, I was able to have a full, all-awake experience throughout the entire night of, of my out-of-body at-night experiences due to diligently practicing my meditations and spiritual tools. But until I had those tools, it was kind of, uh, it would happen sometimes, it wouldn't happen other times. Well, our, it looks like our break is coming right up, so I have some announcements, and I would like to talk a little bit more about this Um, as the next section comes up. So, meanwhile, we'll be in beautiful Calabasas, California, in the greater Los Angeles area on Saturday, November 30th, and Sunday, December 1st. That is the weekend after Thanksgiving, and Michael will be teaching you how to power up your psychic life. Saturday's topic is your mediumship and your spiritual path. Psychic Tools for Discerning Your Own Truth, and Sunday will be Meet Your Dream Team, Angels, Spirit Guides, and Masters of Wisdom. Come join us at the Hilton Garden Inn at Calabasas, California, and learn more about the importance of your intuition, mediumship, and clairvoyant abilities for being on your spiritual path, and how to work with your spirit guides, angels, and masters of wisdom for guidance in your daily life. Get the details and sign up on our website events calendar section at michaeltamora.com or call our office at 530-926-2650 during normal business hours, Pacific Time, Monday to Friday. When we come back, we'll continue with Growing Up for Souls, Learning to Manage Being Here. See you in a couple minutes.
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. As we age, there are certain situations which we all must face. Care and treatment don't always measure up to what it's supposed to be. And there are many questions that need to be answered. Tune in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with hosts Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a more fulfilling life and we'll bring you the answers that you need to hear to make it happen. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Do you find yourself thinking that you're not good enough or that you're not lovable? Do you sometimes feel that there is something wrong with you and that you're hiding something? These are more common thoughts than you would think. It's time to talk about this. Tune in to Where Words Can't Reach, shedding light on our dark side with Dr. Madeline DeLittle, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's quite common for people to wonder whether happiness is real or just an illusion. Yet we all have an inner voice that is telling us that we need to change. Where to begin? Start by taking time out of your schedule every week for Revelations and Wonders, Secrets to Life and Happiness with host Fabian Edju. There is a true beauty within your soul and happiness flows from inside. We'll help you find that new confidence within. Listen every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. It's so great to have you back. We've been talking about what it's like growing up for souls. It's about us learning to manage being here in a body in this world as we grow up as children. So I was speaking earlier about my own experiences and how uh, towards the end of what I was speaking about, I talked about how I was finally able to get a handle on being able to remember a lot more of my out-of-body sojourns, especially when I was sleeping through meditation through the spiritual tools that I learned, and it was quite a few years of practices before I I got a pretty good handle on it. But I want to make it abundantly clear, though, that though some children have profound actual spiritual experiences when young, not all of them do. Or if they do, the tendency is to forget that experience often to be remembered at a time later on in their lives when they start progressing onto their spiritual path and awakening. Often children who do remember and then manage to maintain their memory of being spirit are souls whose path it is to awaken more fully and spiritually speaking during a given lifetime. What does this mean to awaken? It means... 
to start to know and live as a spirit rather than as only a body and eventually to awaken to the dream of having a body and being in this world. I like the analogy uh, we used a little earlier. It's like living in a video game. It seems real. It feels real. So therefore, it convinces everyone it is real through our most intense senses. But like that teenager questioning his parents as quote-unquote valid sources of information, children can also be guided to the idea that it is okay to question the reality of their existence in a body and the world of illusion. A highly intelligent, psychic, and creative parent might plant simple seeds of awareness in the child to that end, but not before they too have a measure of awakening and awareness. Usually souls that want to awaken in a lifetime more choose parents that are more awake. Not always, but usually do. Meanwhile, they, the parents, do have to teach the child how to manage the body being here to the best of their awareness. If a ch- if a soul chooses less than enlightened parents, then he has two things going on. He has to learn the basic survival in the world according to the parents he has chosen. Then he must have arranged in some form or another before actually he was born a mentor that he's going to run into, a mentor of some sort who is not his or her parents in order to begin the awakening experience in childhood. Perhaps some of you out there are this type of mentor to someone else's child. Or the child figures out through his own prayers and meditation experiences as a child, he learns from he actually had learned from another lifetime to get there. Or the child comes in as a fully aware old soul type that doesn't need any of this kind of help. But even those souls need to relearn the basic tools for survival, how to care for the body, how to eat correctly, sleep enough, shower, hygiene, and basic education, plus for many of these souls, a more thorough education. But what about the spiritual tools for these kids or the psychological tools, psychological tools such as tolerance, taking turns, good manners, forgiveness, along with the tools such as we've spoken about or ones like it, grounding, finding your awareness, being aware of respecting someone else's space and your own space, that sort of tool. And so a child that's growing up or if you have a child that you would like to grow up more aware, part of your job as the parent needs to be to become aware in some form or another through meditation, through reading, uh, enlightening books, and so forth. Michael, what other kind of suggestions do you well, have about this? One of the things that's first and foremost is about judgment. You know, we have this tendency, human beings have a tendency to jump to judgments and conclusions based on whatever they see, whatever they feel, their experience of life. But this is so important when, whether you're dealing with a, uh, helping to raise a child or you yourself are revisiting your childhood and 
gee, what are some of the experiences that connected me to spirit and starting to to wake up to all that in retrospect? In both ways, it's important to dispense with jumping to conclusions and judgments about this is good, this is bad, this is, you know, a problem. That's why I was talking a little bit about, you know, the judgment of if something seems not right with the physical body, we can't always jump to the conclusion that, oh, yeah, it's a physical problem. It, it shows up physically, but it's coming from sometimes other spaces. And the other thing is I often notice people who hear people like us talk about our spiritual experiences and they immediately cast it off saying, oh, I've never had an out-of-body experience. I've never uh, saw myself floating above the body. I've never uh, uh, had an experience of being out of the body uh, at getting night. Blistery hands and getting blistered hands touching. Yeah, getting blistered hands. So all these kinds of things or, or instantly healing something or whatever. And that's okay. Not everybody has those specific types of experiences, a lot of, like I mentioned, a lot of my awareness and connection with spirit growing up and maintaining that connection was being aware that something's happening. There's, I'm aware of something else other than just what appears to be, other than just what's going on on this physical body in this physical plane. I seem to be elsewhere. Well, that's, that doesn't sound spiritual at all. That's just, that's just an awareness that's different than being here as a body. I'm picking up this thing. I'm sitting over here. I'm talking this way. I'm making these sounds. You know, I feel these things, sensations and everything. Physically, no. There's something beyond that. So that is where it always starts is there's something more. There's something more to life than just what appears to be in my everyday existence. When you start to pay attention to that, then things start to open up. You start to be more and more and more aware. And again, another part of the judgment is, okay, some, like Raphael was saying, some of us as souls here to not only awaken ourselves, but to help other people awaken, are born into families, born into parents who are themselves quite aware, at least aware enough that, oh, this child is different, is talking about, you know, gee, uh, like uh, example of one child, uh, blue-eyed, bl- blonde-haired, never been out of California, and, and from an early age used to say, Mom, you know, this isn't the way we used to do things in China. <laughs> <laughs> and not to invalidate that child when he says something yeah, like that. Yeah, and the mother was aware enough to go, what an odd thing to say for a child who's never been out of California and wasn't reading books about China and things like that. No, and, but she didn't invalidate him. She, she was curious, and he kept on saying that. A lot of times. And and so finally, by the time the mother starts to do research and looks into what's going on here, she starts to awaken more spiritually. So this child of hers helped her to get on her spiritual path. And the more she got onto her spiritual path, she was able to help validate the child. And 
and he turns out to be a very capable soul and here to teach and bring about much more awareness about a lot of different things that most people just uh, neglect or or uh, forget about. And so then others souls come in and they're here meant to be healers, meant to be teachers, spiritual teachers even, but they go through very difficult family situations, uh, even, you know, uh, just terrible experiences and painful and they go through a lot of challenges early on in life. And you might think, gee, why that soul must not be very advanced because you know, why would they choose to be in this situation? Well, sometimes the more advanced, the more aware the soul is, they choose not only difficult challenges early in life to get through so they can get on with their real path here. Or they have a little bit of karma to take care of first before they can get on to their real path. Or they need certain challenges uh, obviously, you're very aware that sometimes uh, a child of extremely wealthy parents have different problems. They, they're they so entitled to, you know, just living a life of anything you want, boom, it's it's bought for you. Unless but, their parents are in, more enlightened. Yeah, and, and then they might have a really hard time having uh, motivation being inspired to do something because they've never had to deal with the challenges of survival uh, and things of, of that nature. So if you look at things, sometimes the, the top athlete was the one who had all kinds of physical challenges they had to overcome. And because of that, they were able to get themselves to a place of being you know, world-class or at the top of the game. All kinds of musicians, lots of different people, business people. A lot of business success stories are based on those who didn't have an entitled life. They had to earn everything. They had to struggle through their early childhood just to make ends meet and survive while they learned, they gained tremendous appreciation for how to handle money and, and what the value of being able to have a few bucks and all of that. And they ended up superseding all the rest of us who grew up in much more comfort, financial and economic comfort. And we didn't have that kind of incentive to be at the top of the game in those areas. So challenges are important, very important in our upbringing. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of our show. We loved having you with us, and we hope you enjoyed the show. And I hope that you look at your child a little differently, no matter what his or her age. Join us next Wednesday for a very hot topic these days. And this is still in our lineup of uh, the soul's perspective on life. And this one is about gender benders. Are souls gender neutral or not? From the soul's perspective, gender is meant to be a tool for our learning and growth, not a rule. Remember that also we will be in Calabasas, California in the later 
in the greater Los Angeles area for the weekend of Saturday, November 30th, and Sunday, December 1st, which is the weekend after Thanksgiving. Michael will be teaching two powerful all-day seminars uh, on that weekend. Be sure to check out our website events listing for November for all the details and to sign up. You can also sign up by calling our office at 530-926-2650. We really hope to see you there. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.